Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning again and welcome to Praise. Um, Paul, we're in Romans chapter 2 with Paul as he's laying out how he understands the faith. He's um, he's talked a lot about sin at a cultural level and just humanity as a principle. And now he's really saying to religious people, to the people who think they've got it, you guys, you need to repent too. We need to get this right. And he's, I, I take it that as he speaks to you know, his religious friends, that that's to us. So this morning, I just want to pick up two of the big ideas that in the passage we read yesterday from Romans chapter 2. The first is this. God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Paul's saying, look, there's a way to do religion where you assume on God. There was a philosopher who was sinning boldly and just, just having a great time. And someone said, don't you fear God? He said, oh, God will forgive. It's just what he does. And and this assumption that, well, I've got God over you know, over a barrel here, he's uh, he's going to do what I say. He's going to forgive me because <laughs> that's just who he is. So, you know, deal with it, God, um, because I'm going to do what I want to do and you forgive me because that's who you are. And it's a, it's a, it's an insidious faith. And it's one that because we preach the gospel for thousands of years now in our culture, it's it's become part of us, this sense that, well, God will forgive God is nice. God is gracious. And we start to trade on it. And in that, there's such a temptation to lose the fear of God. And that's what Paul is really trying to get us back to. He's trying to say, look, that's right. God is that gracious, loving, forbearing, kind. But understand, judgment is still coming. And the kindness of God to you is meant to make you repent. Now, I can get that in my mind. I can understand that, you know, God has been so good to me, I owe him everything. But in my actions, in my lifestyle, in my tiredness and, and so on, my frustration, I can forget that. And I can start to just treat my life as if, well, God will forgive. He can cope with a bad day. And Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't do that. And, and it's that thing. He's trying to teach us the sinfulness of sin, how abhorrent it is. And, and he's really trying to say, we've been loved like this. That's meant to draw an, a response of love back from us to God. So, look, I, I leave that one. That's an issue for me. I, I deal with that. I don't Actually, the problem is I don't deal with that. The problem is that's a fact of life in my life. I assume God's going to be nice and he can cope with my bad behavior. Paul says, don't take that to the bank. I need to write that in my heart. My guess is some of you do too. The, the third thing that Paul argues is he says to people, don't trade on God and don't look at other people and treat them like they're different to you and worse than you and they're bad and you're good. He said, look, 
You are the people of God. But that doesn't mean that you are just made right with God. You can do whatever you like. What that means is you are called to serve God. Now, I have a whole theology around election, you know, the choice of God. I believe God chose Israel not so that they could be saved. He chose Israel so that they could be a light to the nations. He chose Israel to show other people what a covenant with him would look like and to ultimately invite them into it. Now we're the church. God has chosen the church. God has put his hand on our lives, not so that we can be saved. We get saved by faith. Any, any, look, anyone can get saved. That's not hard. What, is, what we're set apart for is the service of God. So can we please knuckle down? Can we please start to live and look like Christians? Can we understand that there is a high calling on our lives and it's not a calling that's going to serve us. It's a calling that serves God. There's a great work for us. And the great privilege is the great work, not some great status of getting saved and put right with God and everything is sweet now. So you've been chosen. You've been chosen to work. There's, you know, there's a life of good works prepared for us beforehand. We didn't choose him. He chose us. And what did he do? He commissioned us to bear much fruit. So in terms of this walk with God, I guess I'm hearing Paul saying to us this morning, can we all take this more seriously? Can we take the love of God more powerfully? And can we not enter into the shame? You know, we see it in families where kids receive great love from their parents and repay it with abuse and manipulation. That's what we look like when we trade on the love of God in our own lives. And, you know, there's a, a lovely part, I think it's in Ephesians. Why is the church here? It's to show the manifest wisdom of God. It's to prove to the principalities and powers that love works. Wow. Can we get onto that, please, and, and show ourselves in the world Love works. We have been drawn with love and we repent as a result. We align ourselves with that love and we align ourselves with the purpose of that love, which is service to other people. I feel like theologically that's all sort of motherhood. But things it's worth spending some time on because this is probably the essential stuff of discipleship. God has loved me. How do I express my love to him? God has called me. How do I serve? Those are the questions we need to answer again every day, every hour, certainly every year. Let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you that you have loved us so patiently and sought us so tenderly. And Lord, thank you that through all the fog of our sins, for our culture that keeps truth suppressed in unrighteousness, for we who agree with that and from time to time almost try to suppress the voice of the Spirit, to kill conscience, to kill discernment. Lord, you keep coming to us. You keep calling us. And God, in a sense, once we know you, sin becomes so much more of a problem. We're not acting in ignorance anymore. We get it. It's not only we should know better, we should love better. And Lord, we don't. So, Lord, today we just throw ourselves, first of all, on your mercy because in some ways when we sin, it's worse than when even the extreme examples of sin that Paul uses, when those people sin, 
that's not as bad as when we sin because we've been loved like this. So, Lord, help us just to get the awfulness of sin written in our hearts. Help us to actually not like it. Help us to not go there. Help us to turn to you for comfort, for quietness, for peace. And, Lord, help us to get on with the business. So, Lord, it's Thursday. It's going to be great. We're going out to it with you. Thank you that your love is sure. Thank you that your purposes are rock solid. <coughs> Help us just to walk in both. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, folks. We'll see you in the morning and finish off this first part of Chapter 2. See you then. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.